He holds the truth of it. What does it symbolize? Paladin confidence hanging on a tree. Welcome, everybody, to the Modern Horrors Podcast, episode 93. My name is Luke Rodriguez. I'm sitting right across from Jacob Hopkins. We are both from a little website called ModernHorrors.com. Jacob, how's it going? It's going good, man. I've heard of that website. Yeah, a few people have. It's, it's all right. Yeah. It's pretty. It's not great. It's okay. Sometimes they tweet out misspelled things and people freak the fuck out. It's weird. It happens. Ah, <laughs> oh, goddamn. I hate, like, we were saying, like, I hate the internet so much. Um, I, I love everyone listening to the show. Don't get don't get it twisted. Hate lo- and love. Hate and love. Yeah, like it's just there's so many shitty, shitty people on the internet, and uh, you know I'm thankful for the ones that hang out with us week after week. And uh, you know even if we're talking shit to each other, we're doing it in a fun way. We're having a good time. We're all friends here. Yes. Uh, thank thank all of you, every single one of you. But, but fuck hashtag. Fuck the haters, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the thing, like, if he would have, like, done it in, like, a fun, ribby kind of way, it would have been like, yeah, that's, that's, you got us. You busted the balls. But it's never that. So, basically, we we tweeted out something about the uh, Stephen King show, which we will talk about later on. Sure. Uh, and, and, basically, I'm in a fucking hurry because this is kind of big news, right? Yeah. So, I'm trying to get it out there before everyone else because it's 2017, motherfuckers. And, and you've got other things to do in the day, too. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> but really, I'm just trying to be first sure. because, you know, if you're not first, you're last. You got to hurry up and wipe this ass, you know, get out of the toilet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so basically, while doing so, I make the mistake uh, of of spelling Steven with a V as opposed to a PH. Look, sure. I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong, but Twitter doesn't have a fucking edit option. And as soon as people start favoriting and retweeting, uh, from a marketing standpoint, damage is done. That's far more important. <laughs> right. Like those impressions that you already have, losing those are far more important than having a PH versus a V. So yeah. you know what? It stays. It stays. It, it's just it is what it is. Interwebs and hate away. I don't mind. It's not like I don't know. No, yeah. It's like, well, there's the thing. You don't care. It's funny, though, because he, like, he was devastated. He even went to somebody else's I know. comment and commented on it. And I was like, yeah. bro, I'm sorry that this has affected your life so bad. And he's like, didn't affect my life. And I'm like, it has, man. You're on other people's comments now. For like 45 minutes. <laughs> it's like, calm down, dude. All right. Either way, so th- thank all of you guys that are not asshats. Uh, and the ones that are asshats, thank you for doing it in a fun way. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate it. And that. thanks for that listen, too. It counts whether you hate it or love it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, this show is brought to you by the Phantom Ooh. Podcast <laughs> Network. We had icon. I, I felt it coming. You, you got it, though. Phantom. <laughs> Uh, as well as our Patreon uh, sponsors. Patreon badasses. So this month for the month of February, thank you to Drew Marvick, to Joe Decker, to Alex Stinger, to the homie K-Monk, uh, and the, we got a new one. Oh, shit. Giftoflifefamilyhouse.org. So Gift of Life Family House serves as a home away from home for transplant transplant patients and their families by providing temporary affordable lodging and supportive services to those who travel to Philadelphia for transplant related care. For more information, go to giftoflifefamilyhouse.org. And we got another news mm. as well. Mm. Uh, episode 93 is also brought to you by a night of something strange available <laughs> on Blu-ray and DVD. Something strange for this strange ass podcast. So quote, Modern Horrors calls it 
<laughs> uh, every bit as shocking and offensive as you have been promised. Uh, oh, yeah. So as you guys remember, we were a bit split on our personal review, review sure. for that one. I fucking loved it. Sure. Uh, I, I'm going to own the Blu-ray. <laughs> you weren't that much I of a fan it. about it. But goddamn it, shocking. Sho- well, that's the thing. This is not a movie that I enjoyed. But this is a, that kind of movie where you like talk back all the dumb things that happened yeah. so it's like very not quotable per se but like that discussion like oh yeah remember when he uh like donald trumped her and just straight yeah. ripped it out like it's got those moments yeah so i threw it on at a party not long ago oh like my the, god the, the night's winding down we're all friends here so i threw on I a hope night of something drunk. strange some of them weren't quite oh. drunk enough apparently <laughs> no they so weren't i'm ready for like some shock laughs you know off of this when it, around the point that a vagina gets ripped off i'm expecting some laughter sure but it's just dead silence <laughs> and i'm like oh this is not going over <laughs> <Whoops>. well <laughs> what have i done <laughs> Yep, so that's the kind of movie it is. Night of Something Strange. <laughs> Available on DVD and Blu-ray right now. Uh, go to the website, click on the banner there, monohars.com, to get you uh, some, not only the movie, but a shit ton of cool merch, too. They so do check have some swag, so that's cool. Yeah. Well, we got this episode, man. Man, uh, quite a bit, to be honest with you, if we're just going to shoot uh, you know, straight up with each other. All right, let's be real with each other. So... Real talk. Because I've got to be here for this whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Segment two, we're going to be reviewing the Sundance, um, the former Sundance hit slash Mm. currently available on VOD, all-female directed XX anthology film. Yeah, double X, I shall call it. Double X, XX. Uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. There's a triple X minus one. Ooh, it'd have been a different kind of movie. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, scratch that one. Scratch that one. Uh, in segment number three, we've got a few questions uh, for we Ask Modern Horrors. Are, are we not going to do them at all? We've only got like two, maybe three. Let's let's push it back. Let's push those okay. back. Let's roll them off then. We, we, uh, we've got that interview though. I'm going to call an audible then. Call an audible. Uh, we are going to be chalk, chalked up. Chalking. We're going Omaha. To be- Omaha. I'm calling the audible. We're going to be talking to Chad Archibald of Black Fawn Films. They've got an, another new movie coming out on top of the three others that are, you know, <laughs> that, are, that are still waiting on distribution news. So we'll talk about that as well as his new movie, uh, The Heretics, which yeah. there will be some news on uh, at a later date as well. If he, if them and Mickey Keaton got together, it would just be it would just explode. The movie industry would explode. You couldn't you couldn't give them enough digital space to make movies. They would just have to have their own channel. It really and, and, and there's never a rerun. <laughs> it just keeps going. Uh, and then in the last round, I think we're going to have a, a versus. I think we're going to do it. Yeah. Let's get that uh, son of a bitch Alex on the phone. We're going to get Alex on the phone. I don't know who he's going to be playing against. Well, one of us. Well, yeah. <laughs> I <Spoiler>. promise you that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll have a game. We don't know what kind of game it is yet, but uh, new video content creator Alex uh, will be uh, the recipient probably of an ass whooping. I hope so. If he comes out swinging and just puts one on us, I'm going to be sad. Yeah, that'd be a bummer. He, he might. Well, if that's the case, then we let him win because he's a new guy. <laughs> Beginner's luck is what it is. <laughs> uh, but before we get to any of that, Jacob Hopkins, please, sir, take me through the news feed. It's all trailers, man. It's all trailers. And let's start with the aforementioned Stephen King. <laughs> or <laughs> Stephen King. Stephen, <laughs> Stephen yes. King. Stephen King. Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the guy who wrote Leprechaun in the Hood? Yeah. Stephen King. <laughs> I promise it is. <laughs> all right. So anyways, he's got this, this trailer just came out of nowhere. Or at least to me, it seemed like it was just... Suddenly there it was, called Castle Rock, which is this anthology 
which is kind of promising to intertwine some shit. Well, we didn't know it was an anthology up front. We didn't. I was I just took, like, what the fuck is this thing? I, I, I nailed that shit because I'm the one that was like, anthology, right? Yeah. Um, but so let's was- run that back so that people know like you were just weren't like throwing that out into the ether. Well, basically, there was like this cryptic teaser. Yeah, and I, and I shared it with the chat because I didn't know what the fuck it was. And there's some people in the, our little group that are really fucking smart with this shit, you yeah. know. And I, I thought surely the fuck Megan would know because she's she is always on point. Plethora of knowledge. She yes. really is. And then you, like, everyone was like, I don't fucking know. And then you were like, I bet anthology. And then sh- lo and behold, you got well, it. What else could it be, right? Because I have no idea. This okay. <laughs> so basically, there's this teaser uh, that just you're going around this aerial view of a map, and there's all these names of like Pennywise and like, all these character names from all of these different Jack. Uh, Jack I almost said Jack Nicholson books. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jack Offs, and I was like, damn, I'm just fucking Stephen King up all day. <laughs> I, I just called him Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Jack Nicholson, keep turning the screws, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, th- there is a connection there though with the Shining, so you're not yeah. you're not way off in left field. I mean, you're a little off center, but <laughs> anyway, all of these different characters from Stephen King's books and uh, saying that they all took place in you know one universe, which is true. Sure. Uh, uh, a lot of Stephen King's most avid readers will, will be able to point out similarities and crossovers uh, galore in, in many of his in many of his works. So this show apparently is going to be set in a universe, um, I guess, kind of a la American Horror Story, where every season it'll be mm-hmm. a different group of characters, but all of those characters are within this same universe. And from what we're being told, uh, courtesy of the Hollywood Reporter, some characters that you know and love or hate from these previous books will be in this show. Uh, cool, I guess. Is, is this a Hulu thing? Yeah. I, I thought so, because they had teamed up for, uh, what was it, 11-22-63? Yep. Uh, which wasn't really that bad of a production. So, as much as I dislike Hulu as a video platform... Why? I, I just, man... The fucking ads all the goddamn time. It feels clunky to me. I don't know. I just it's not my favorite. Well, you you, you can pay like a dollar more for no ads. Yeah, I don't want to. Fuck you, Hulu. I'm not gonna do it. You can't make me do. You can't make me do this, Luke. I, I do. I do pay the extra dollar for ads, and I use it a lot. Uh, but I also don't have like cable. I got. Oh, I don't so, either. But it's mostly TV shows, though. Yeah, but their new original series. Uh, the, what the fuck is it called? Oh, it's the, so good, huh? The, <laughs> it's so good. The fucking Gypsy Show. I've talked about <laughs> the Gypsy Show. I've this sounds offensive. It, I mean, it's, it's a game show. It's a game. Show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sleep, sleep. Hold on. Sleep, sleep. Hold on. Is sleep, the show. sleep. Hold on. About them damn gypsies. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I've got to get this now. It's too late, man. It's too too late. You're killing us with the radio. Silence. I know, I know, but it's not too late because this show should be watched by people. Oh, really? On Hulu for a dollar? Yeah. I mean, not. I mean, it doesn't. It costs a lot more than a dollar. But. Oh God! See, hit me with it. Look, you, this the show does not exist. Look, can we just admit that you just made this show up? Oh my God, it does. You should have found it. By I keep now. wanting to call it the night of, but that's that's HBO. That's that shit you're terrified uh, of. This it's called sleep. Sleep something. <laughs> it's called sleep. Fucking internet. Explorer Edge, whatever, is one default to Bing, so Bing don't know what the fuck's going <laughs> well, on. Well, no, Bing's gonna take you to some kind of porn. <laughs> it's not over. <laughs> you're good. You're gonna make this happen. Yeah. All right. Riveting. It's called Shut Eye. All right. It's called Shut Eye. I see kind of where you were going. The with sleep, that. sleep, the sleep, sleep show. <laughs> sleep, sheep show. 
Anyways, motherfuckers, what I'm getting at Please is that give me what you're getting at. Hulu can make some hard-hitting shit. It's not like Netflix are the only people that can make good original series. Hulu is on their is on their way, and I, I have faith with this one. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna... And I'm, I'm not gonna, even the biggest Stephen King fan. Obviously, I spelled his fucking name wrong, called him Jack Nicholson. <laughs> no, it is... I am, I'm curious to see how they're gonna do... Uh, just I don't know all the intertwining I, it's there obviously in his novels but is it going to be something fresh or are we going to explore more what's already been written down I'd be down with either to be honest yeah I mean I don't know it as well as other people I could see that being a lot of awesome fan service though oh yeah for sure and I could see just the millions of readers that he's amassed over the past several decades tuning in for every fucking episode. oh yeah well you know that one guy on Twitter is super stoked that's why he's so <laughs> mad at us man he's, he's ready for it uh, n- no date, I don't think, right? Not, I didn't nothing, see a date. nothing concrete. I no. mean, there's you can go to IMDb right now and get almost no information. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I mean, it wasn't even confirmed to be an anthology until like a few hours ago. Yeah, there you go. Hot off the presses. Whoop, 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 whoop. Something that we do have a lot more information for. Got a cool, sweet-ass trailer. And we've been... How long have we been talking about The Void? It's been a long time, hasn't it? Almost two years. That's what I was thinking. I didn't want to jump the gun and be like, oh, we've been talking about it for It was like, like three one of the years. most like exciting projects that we ever saw. Yeah, because I remember we got stoked when we just saw that uh, that concept art for it. Like the, yeah. the poster. We were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Got a trailer now. Yep. Uh, and, and this... I mean, Did you ever watch Father's Day or Biocop or... Uh, any of the Astron Six guys, other movies? Uh, I think I watched Father's Day. I didn't watch Biocop. I know for certain. Okay. Uh, well, or the editor? Did you watch that? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So anyway, it, this is part of that team, not necessarily the same directors, but part of that team uh, doing something that is not uh, comedic in any way, shape, or form. This is just a straight up heavy hitting horror monster guts, practical effects, goodness. Uh, that we've been pumped for ever since it hit Indiegogo a long mm-hmm. time to get its crowdfunding campaign money uh, up and running. Uh, the thing is, no one had really seen that much of it outside of the concept footage right. that was available in that original trailer, which wasn't actually from the real movie. <laughs> no, it certainly wasn't. I immediately got this, and I'm saying this in all of awesomeness, mm-hmm. and a vibe of if you took the Cthulhu mythos mm-hmm. and jammed it with 1982's The Thing. Yeah, I mean, with a little bit of like assault on precinct there. Uh, yeah, a little bit because everyone's fucking armed and yeah. shit and ready to go. Yeah. But there's like cultists and tentacles and shit. I like practical looking effects. Oh, yeah. I was jazzed, dude, because this was one where you're so hype it could easily just go wrong. Absolutely. Uh, for what it's worth, two members of the team have already seen it. Uh, Those bastards. So uh, f- Megan saw it at I think Fantastic Fest. And she's the Sounds one that right. gave the official review. And I think it's sitting around a seven okay, or so. That's fine. Uh, and I think uh I forget who else saw it. Leslie saw it. I was about to say, it. I bet it was Leslie, wasn't yeah, it? Leslie saw it at TIFF and she fucking loved it. And and both Megan and Leslie are saying the same things about it. It's just how much that works for you personally. Because yeah, okay. apparently it is, I mean, the effects are glorious, as you can tell from yeah. the trailer. Uh, but it's very much almost fan service to uh, the horrors of yore. And if that's what you're into, uh, then that's what you're going to get. And you should fucking love this. To me, it looks I, like a, a mix of both that's really going to sit well with me. Yeah, it, I was not disappointed at all of anything I saw in the trailer. No. It, all it did was actually amp me up more. Same. Uh, which I honestly didn't think it was going to do. So I'm super stoked for this one. Yeah. I, I believe it's April, isn't it? 
Yeah, April 7th. April 7th, yeah. Is the VOD release date uh, here in the United States. So that is... Uh, a day to mark on your fucking calendars, I would say, because that's really, really exciting stuff for me. Yeah, and if you haven't checked out the trailer, modernhorrors.com. We've got it sitting there for you. There it is. There it is. You heard it here first. Boom. MTV News. <laughs> Remember when they used to do that? Oh, yeah. Let's see what Ja Rule thinks. Okay. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Get out of here. <laughs> All right. Let's see what Luke Rodriguez thinks about this next film called quarries with a mm. Q. Yep. And I say that because he said it back to me and I know what the fuck he's talking about. And I thought he said Corey's at first. Mm. And I'm thinking, Corey Haim? Corey Feldman? What the fuck is going on? But They're no, back. Quarries with a Q. Quarries. Uh, yeah, I mean, this looks like a just one of those survival horror, and I don't, I don't mean to see like one of those, in like in a, in a bad way. This is kind of your jam in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, it really is. Uh, this is a movie where a, a, a group of females, all females, go out. Uh, on some sort of uh, expedition, I would say. Yeah, they're going to find themselves. Yeah, they, it looks like they all have individual, you know, problems and shit they need to just get out, yep. in, get out in the woods and just breathe in some fresh air and get over some things. Uh, that's cool, but wouldn't you know it, some fucking uh, douchebag... Uh, mountain murderers come after them. <laughs> Hillbilly killing hicks. Right. So, it's, I mean, it's it's a thing that we've seen time and time again. Oh, yeah. People go out in the woods. Hillbillies want to kill people that are in the woods. Uh, this one's slightly more interesting because... This straight up appears to be like man versus woman. Oh, right? yeah, like, absolutely. Like all of the bad guys are men. All of the good guys are women. Yeah. And from what I can tell from the trailer, it kind of looks like all the women are like alphas, like alpha females. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like they maybe they they don't they don't get poked and, and roll over. These are these are badasses. Yeah, there's not gonna be a lot of I mean, there may be some screaming, but there's not gonna be tons of crying and oh my god, run away and help I'm me. So helpless. Like, yeah. Oh, I've tripped over a, uh, tripped over a fucking twig. And it's over now. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> Hillbilly Bob's got me this right, time. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think you're right. And it it's interesting. Perfect timing. It is uh February's Women in Horror Month. Sure. So uh they came out swinging with that. Uh, when it that trailer first hit, I was not excited. By the time it ended, I go, okay, I'm I'm actually kind of into it. Yeah, I mean, I think I was in the same boat. Uh, a, because like you said, that's kind of the shit that I'm into anyway. Uh, and B, I, I kind of like the idea. I didn't know how I felt about it at first. Sure, that, like we're obviously. I kind of thought it was weird that we're pitting like men versus woman. Yeah, because like, you're a man. You're like, yeah, hey, I'm not a bad guy. Right, right. Like, like man, bad, woman, good. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. I, I felt I felt weird about that. Uh, but at the same time, I kind of like that they're doing something different on this on this on the tale that we've seen time and time again. Yeah. I guess outside of because wasn't the descent all females? As it well? was. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of gave me that kind of vibe. Like if the descent and, and they wrong were kind of badass too. They were. Like, Descent versus Wrong Turn with no mutants. Okay, that seems fair. The only thing that really rubs me the wrong way in this one is the killer hicks in the middle of the woods. It, I mean, I know it's a, it's a fun trope. It just, I don't know. I'm kind of bored with it at times. No, I am too. Uh, I, I would... I'm hoping that there is some sort of uh, reveal that explains, like, uh, like yeah. maybe these aren't just, like, normal fucking backwood hillbillies that live sure. in the woods. Like, hopefully <laughs> there's something more to it than that. Yeah. I would almost rather them run into a separate group of backpackers that were men, and then they just ended up being assholes. Yeah. I, and that's that's way more scary. And like, <laughs> right, yeah. And much more, like, lifelike. Just a bunch of, like, sexist dudes on the trails that, like, For you know, sure. get a little too frisky and shit gets weird. And maybe, maybe they just didn't go that route because of like what you said then you're like wait a second if I'm a guy watching this I, I, I'm i having a hard time enjoying true, it true. everyone hates rednecks so right we can, yeah, we we can, can all just hate these <laughs> hillbillies with two teeth like fuck that guy 
ah, I don't know. If you're listening out there and you make movies, maybe that could be your next one. Just normal group of backpacker guys who decide to be assholes. But then, like, frat bros be like, we don't rape everybody. Well, as a former frat bro, I will say not everybody. <laughs> not everybody. Not everybody. <laughs> We've got some standards. Fuck. Uh, yeah, so from what, for what it's worth, it seems to be doing very well in the festival circuit right now. It does very, very well, yeah. which I was surprised because there's a, a strange aesthetic to it. But I don't know. It works, I think. I had no beef with the aesthetic. I thought it looks pretty good. It's You're greeted with the from the producers, the final destination. And I think it looks on par with that. <laughs> now, they do do that ridiculous thing where they've got like all the um, the laurels yeah. on the cover. That's not the movie maker's fault. That's the uh, marketing people's fault. Fuck it, dude. I would best believe if the Modern Horrors podcast got reviewed by, you know what? Fuck it. It's not I, even reviewed, though. It's like... Official selection of shit, official yeah. selection. Shit, of. Yeah, we would do the same. Like, I'm about to go back and get every five star review off iTunes and just put it on our out on our artwork on iTunes. <laughs> just it just be jam packed. Five stars at Talon ninety seven. Just there you go. Go run and give us a five star and say some ridiculous <laughs> shit so it'll end up on the fucking cover there. Pull quote. Pull quote. All right, next trailer. Are you ready? I'm ready. More wood shit. More backpacking shit. I'm more interested in this one. I am too. And, uh, well, fuck it. Let's just give the name of the, the thing first. Yep. Devil in the Dark. Cool name. I, it is cool. And it lets you know, hey, there's going to be something in the dark. Yep. Possibly a devil. I would venture to say it's devilish. <laughs> uh, one thing that's weird that, that stuck out to me immediately when I got this uh, email is that the quote-unquote thing in the woods that's on the poster yeah. looks a lot like the bunny from Donnie Darko. Yes, I'm actually just looking at that image. I'm like, <laughs> wow. But th- you get flashes, and I didn't bother to pause to check out the thing in the trailer. It, it, it didn't strike me to look like that, though. No, not at all. That's that's what I thought it was. Look like a pasty kind of guy, like yep. uh, powders out there in the woods, but he's, he's turned evil this time. Again, way scarier. <laughs> Uh, so maybe again for the writers out there, powder in the woods, creepy <laughs> in the powder woods. In the woods. <laughs> That's the name of the time this, this episode. Yep. Powder in the woods. <laughs> That's it. Uh, but this looks pretty good. It seems to be like uh, two brothers. Again, we're doing uh, that. That we're, we're just dudes. In just this dudes one, this time. Which so the ladies aren't gonna like this one. <laughs> sure. So, but at the same time, I thought that was kind of refreshing about this one is that it's just two dudes. You don't have like the sympathetic, you know, uh, love interest, I don't think, you know, sure. third wheel girlfriend or wife who either ends up being a victim or a badass, one of the two. It's just two dudes. Uh, they, I think they're brothers that have had some problems in the past. Yes. Uh, some some bad shit went down 30 years ago, and I guess now they're going back, back out into the woods to try to uh, uh, patch things up and become, you know, boys again. But... Uh, some some shit goes down. Wouldn't you know it? Bad oh, things happen in the horror woods. movies one on one. The thing I like about this one is it easily could have fell into the trap of the one brother. Like, are you seeing things? Are you not seeing things? Right. And like the other brother's not really. Is it all kidding? a dream? Right. Yeah. yeah. Not that at all. Other brother sees the shit and he knows some stuff's going down. Yeah. And they're on a hunting trip, so they've got guns. So now we've got this extra element of like, oh, we don't have anything to protect ourselves with. No, these bitches are armed, so we can have some fucking real showdown. They're armed, and, you know, being that they were out there hunting, they probably know how to use them, They got some skills, right? Right, so I'm curious to find out what the devil is in the dark. I don't know. Um, I I still think that there is a... 40% 40% chance that this all ends up being mental in some way, shape, or form. Well, you keep seeing that little boy, which I'm led to believe is him as a, that one brother as a young child that something happened, right? Yeah. So yeah. maybe there is some weird but flashy back shit. Part of me wonders, like, is, like, did something happen 
uh, I, I really hate to lean on this again to like, like maybe some sh- like bad shit happened to him as a kid in the mm. woods and Got then molested. like something like yeah. that, you know, and then like he goes back 30 years later and it brings up all these memories and PTSD things. PTSD shit. And then like the brother's like, oh, it happened to me too. That's uh, why I'm seeing it. And so, they're both freaking the fuck out. Yeah, because it's like, you know, they're, they're back at the scene of the crime reliving all these memories and shit. I can live with it like that, though, if they're like since they're both going through it. Yeah, it's because it's a little different as opposed to the one just trying to decide if he's crazy or not. If they both just go fucking crazy, all right. Now, to me, I, I would much rather the alternative where it's just, there really is some fucking creature in the woods. Yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with having the boogeyman actually in your fucking right. movie and I it actually like, being the fucking boogeyman. I feel like we don't get enough of that anymore. It's, no. uh, it's always like a, this, this mental twist that happens at the end instead right. of like, no, there was a fucking monster out there. I mean, yeah, some people do it really good and then everyone's like, well, let's do that too. Yeah. Like, not always, man. Unless you've got something really good, just make it the boogeyman. Fuck yeah. it. And that was a good thing about the the monster that we talked Absolutely. about. Absolutely, like, it was like all this heavy dramatic shit. But no, no, that's a monster. <laughs> yeah, it was there. It yeah. was there. He might have been wearing black sneakers, but he was there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to this one. We have this one in house. I think we have quarries in house as well. I haven't we watched do. either yet. I haven't either. This one is uh, right around the corner, March seventh, I believe. Oh, so we got a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's coming. Stay in the dark. Stay in the nighttime. Yep. We talked about it. We only talked about the poster, though, because we didn't have the trailer yet. And for what it's worth, I don't remember even talking about it that time. <laughs> That's true. Was that the? It was the hiccup episode, <laughs> it was. wasn't it? <laughs> All right. Well, you you'll get a chance to talk about it again this time. It comes at night. A twenty four. They hit us with that trailer finally. They did, and uh, it looks really good. Yeah, uh, it's. It's not exactly what I thought it was going to be based on that uh, poster, but... So what were you expecting? I don't know what I was expecting, because I got a little bit of a synopsis. I feel like I was expecting just, like, one tight-knit family, like mom, dad, maybe some kids, and the dog. But no, there's a lot of motherfuckers at this place, this yeah. cabin. It, but there still is some weird shit going on that I, I, I'm not fully understanding. It's almost like this invitation kind of feel. Kind of. I, I, I got... Um Sort of an invitation kind of feel. And to be honest, and it's not just because it's from A24, uh, I kind of got a witch kind of feel well, as yeah, well. It, it's really pretty because it's A24. Maybe that's why. Yeah. And, yeah. And no, I could see that. I it just hopefully this one does a lot more witching. Yeah, well, I, I don't I don't think it's going to like I think this is I think this is going to be a monster of some sort. It needs to be. I, I, want, I want it to be. I really want it to be. <laughs> I want somebody. it to be too. Especially with that dog like barking into the night. Like tease me with that shit, you know, for most of the goddamn movie then hit me with it at the end. Yeah. Uh, the acting seems good. The cinematography seems great. Uh, the concept, we don't still don't know a lot more about it uh, other than there is some weird shit going on outside of this. Is it like a... It's just like a cabin to me, right? But like a like a shared cabin, right? Yeah, it looks like Goober Friends went out. Maybe this is something they do, uh, you know, every year or something. Right. Go and they're the hanging out. And rent a cabin. Yeah. Yeah. I, Man, that's the one thing you don't have to worry about with A24 is it looking pretty, it being produced properly. Right. Or, frankly, giving too much away before it comes out. Well, that's true. And even when it comes out, sometimes they don't give you <laughs> enough. But uh, a good cast, too, like Joel Edger- Ed- Ed- Edgerton, Edgerton. 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 He's yeah. in here. So that's that's a, a good draw for the yep. horror genre. Somebody that people are like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah. And so now he's playing in this horror field. I like it. So the cool, the cool thing is, is uh, this is one, I don't know for sure, but... A24 typically hits more screens than any other sort of indie, uh, any distributor, right? Yes. Uh, Because I was able to see The Witch. I was able to see Green Room. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I, there's a good chance you'll be able to see this one on the big screen in your town if you don't live on the East Coast or West Coast. Yeah, I, I would be almost shocked that this one doesn't end up in theaters. Yeah, I mean, it, look, it looks like it belongs there. For no, exactly, worth. exactly. And hey, we need more more competition in theaters against the Blumhouse. Uh, last last thing that I will note on is that the sound seemed to be fucking excellent in the trailer. Oh, yes, for sure, for sure. It's a good trailer, man. It really sets you on edge, and if the whole movie can do that, Job well done. Yeah, so it comes at night. It comes at night. Uh, what's cool the title, date? too. I love the title. Release date. Do we have one? I, I don't, don't see one. Check it out. I'm That's looking. It. No? No, don't see anything. Just 2017. Okay. Oh, well. Sometime between now and December. <laughs> That's a little bit of time to look forward to it. Yeah. That's the news feed. That's it? That's it. We're done? That's it. We're done. Okay. So let's go ahead and take our first break. Whenever we get back, we're going to jump into Double X. Yeah. Like a double X t shirt? It could be. You're large and in charge. All right. So we're going to get large and in charge as soon as we get back after this right now. All right, Jacob. So, as has sort of become a trend uh, lately, we've got a new anthology movie. I like anthologies. I do too. I think everybody does. Uh, so whenever Magnet uh, releasing Let It Be Known that XX was going to be coming out, uh, all female driven anthology films set in the horror genre, a lot of people were excited, myself included. Yeah, as they, as you should be. There was a quite the cast of talented directors. Uh, we got a couple trailers. I know as it progressed, you got a little less psyched. I think I got a little more psyched as yeah. it went. Um, and then, you know, as the marketing, they knew who they were marketing to, not just like the ladies in the world, but they knew that they were marketing to the horror genre because they released the all-female directed anthology during the Women of Horror Month. Sure. So, great move. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely but, great move. But does it live up to all the hype? So, first off, I'm going to get out the um, PC stuff out of the way Oh, first. no. Okay, so I'm just going to say that I think it's cool that uh, that, uh, that a group sure. of, uh, of women came together to make a uh, an anthology film. Uh, I appreciate the works of all of these women, uh, but I am not going to be looking at these films as if, like, you know, it's good for a woman. Oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah. it's either good or it's not. I don't okay? think it's I don't think it's even fair to try to uh, qualify it as like, it's just, you know, blah, blah, blah right. for the women. Like, to be fair, I've seen I've seen a lot of that conversation. I know, which is crazy to me. It's like, no, they're just fucking directors, you know. Right. Let's talk about them on their merits as directors. Absolutely. So let's do that. Yes. Okay. And I've got I've got the uh, each segment, the name of it. If you want to go down each segment, kind of talk about it. Like do you have who holidays. did it as well? Uh, we can get that real easily. Yeah? Yeah, pretty easily, yeah. Let's do that real quick. All right. Uh, so for what it's worth, I was a little less excited than you were, just because I feel like I've been burned by anthology films in the last, uh, this last year, to be honest. I don't think, uh, this is an unpopular opinion, but I don't think Tales of Halloween really lived up to what it was supposed to be. Uh, I don't think Southbound was all that great. And, uh... You know, I felt like maybe we were really leaning on uh, the all-female aspect of this particular movie a little too much. Sure, sure. Uh, so in the first movie, uh, which was called... The Box. The Box. Okay. So let's, we'll just go down in, in order, I guess. Yeah, might as well. Might as well. So I, to be straight up, this was my favorite one. 
Oh, yeah, this one's absolutely gorgeous from the get-go. It's got that major blockbuster look to it. Yeah, and outside of the look, like it, uh, it's got some familiar faces from a cast standpoint. Yep. Uh, it is just shot very well. All of the performances are good, and the story is intriguing as fuck, even if I don't really know what it's all about. Yeah. Like, like I, I definitely wanted to know more, and I think that's the the hallmark of a of a good short film, is if you're like, man, I wish I had more of that. Yeah, I, I could see some people being mad because it doesn't explain anything. Sure. Um, but I agree that you can get away with it a lot easier in a short film uh, to do this very cryptic thing. Yeah. But it's all played out very well. Like, the whole time, you're just like, all right, give me a little more. Give me a little more. And you do get a little bit more, mm -hmm. but you never get that piece that you want. Yeah, in fact, it feels like um, a prequel to a feature-length movie, right? Yeah, it, sure. it seems like this is like uh, the woman's... What, what starts off this hunt that this woman's going to mm -hmm. go on. So, basically, it is a... Uh, a small family, two kids, a mom and a dad. Uh, the mom and two kids are on this bus, and there's this creepy-looking fuck with a box. Uh, yeah. The kid asks to look inside the box, and he's never the same. He just stops fucking eating. And <laughs> yep. then eventually, so does everyone else. Yep. Uh, and then shit kind of goes from there. Uh, and, and like you said, nothing is ever really resolved in full, but I, I thought it was great. Yeah, it was great. There's a, a few moments of a little special effects. Mm -hmm. I think that's done well. The makeup to make them look... Uh, sickly and, and more thin. Very good. Done excellent. Um, and then once again, I just can't say enough about the choice of shots and the way it looks. It's just awesome. My only critique on this one, and it's not really a critique, but I feel like it's almost a cheat a little bit, Okay, is that I think this is one of the only, or the only, uh, entry into the film that wasn't written particularly for this. This was an adaptation of a Jack Ketchum story. It, yes, it, it was. It does, it does say that at the beginning. Right, and Jack Ketchum writes cool fucking stories. He does, he does. But to take it in, and show it visually in a in a way that makes sense and is appealing is, is a good thing. Sure. No, I, trust me, I, I like it. I like it a whole lot. Like I said, it's my favorite one. Uh, I just, you know. And it's a good way to start out the gate, right? Uh, something that looks this that this is strong. Yeah. It really hooks you in because there's only four segments. Yeah, so you really need to be hooked in on this longer first segment to continue. Uh, and then I guess the the big realization that I have after this first uh, segment is yeah. that these aren't going to be intertwined in any no. way, shape, or form. And, and let's talk about that real quick. They they don't even bother to try to intertwine no. them in some clever way, and I think that's okay. But I I, I like the uh, weird uh, stop motion animation thing we have in between segments that was pretty fucking creepy to me didn't work for me didn't work for you huh no, not all right all. uh i thought it felt shoehorned like uh like hey we've got these four things and we're gonna release them together uh what's better than blackness i don't know this sure uh. <laughs> like, i don't know um well i will say i hate the way they do because each segment had its own own title card which is nice because it doesn't always happen in an anthology but then they also added their the anthology added its own mm -hmm. title card to the short so yep. you you get this double title which was very strange furthermore because um, I'm with you a lot of times maybe even if you do get the title cards you'll get them at the very end of the credits or something uh, yeah and you're trying to figure it the fuck out right which is frustrating but I really I would have preferred to see who did the movie 
after I saw the movie. Like, I gotcha. don't want to know that Karen Kusma did this movie because then, then like, I, I know I like her, so maybe I'm giving it more slack, you know? Oh, yeah, I feel you. And that's not just with this one. That's with any anthology. Like, if I'm seeing that, you know, Anthony de Blasi is, is the director of this one, then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm expecting some Anthony de Blasi type shit. Sure. Uh, and maybe give him more relaxed, you know, uh, criticism here or there just because I've liked what he's done in the past. So maybe I meet you halfway. I do want to see the title of the short. Yeah. But then, yeah, I could, I could live with having the director at the end. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now that we've said the the first one is 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 fairly great. Uh, there is no wraparound. You liked what joining elements are there with the stop motion. Sure. I did not. Let's talk about the second one, which is called the birthday party. What'd you think? This. I I just feel like maybe we didn't order everything the the best possible way because aesthetically and just the, the the excitement of the story and even the way it's directed, which isn't bad. It's such a shift in gears. It felt like, and quality wise, it, mm-hmm. it, it. I think coming right off the heels of that first one, the box. Yep. It makes you feel like you're seeing such an inferior product, which maybe being in the third slot, it wouldn't have felt that way. But being number yep. two, it just really jarred me. Yeah, that's huge. I think we go from hands down the best to hands down the worst. Um, yes. One after the other. That's. I mean, that's just my opinion. Uh, and it's not like this is like a, a crap you know, short film or anything. Right. Uh, it's just not particularly horror for one. You always uh, get this one. that's a little wacky, right? It's almost kind of like a little cheeky. Sure. Funny. And, and this, this is that one. Yeah. That This is the one. Uh, it's not really uh, tense in any way. It's not really surprising in any way. It also was not really explained in any way. Uh, right. And it's not, it does have this quirkiness about it. That's kind of fun and looks um, once you, it's almost like my eyes had to adjust, right? <laughs> yes. Because yes. like going from that that first film uh, to this one in, in the opening shot, I was like, "Ooh, this doesn't look good." No. But then by the time the short was over, like I was used to it, and I was like, "Okay, well, this looks pretty cool, I guess." Right. But I, my mind had to get there first, and I'm not sure that that's a good thing. Uh, more or less, I just, uh, I mean, more importantly, I just wasn't interested in this in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, this was one where I was trying to remind myself to think about the director's part of this short and yeah. what they had, what she had hands in because the story's just not interesting. I didn't think at all. So like how much do I blame that on the director? You know, how much can they can do that? Uh, but I know writing and directing duty was shared on a lot of these. Yes. So was this shared? Was I, this one may have been one of the shared. I think they, most of them had hands in minus the catch em one. Right. Um, I agree. I think most of these were written and directed at least in part by the certain people. Yes. And I believe yeah. even the catch em one, you know, the adaptation portion was actually yeah. duties were taken on so yeah a little bit that so i was trying to look at the different shots but there's nothing any like there's no like shot that really blew me away and then you know clearly they're making aesthetical choices which i don't I, I, it's a birthday party for god's sakes make right. it more vibrant or something i don't know well i don't know so i did think I, one of the successes of the piece were the colors for me uh, i didn't think like the the correction was was particularly exciting, like yeah, the color correction. But like the set pieces, like the uh, the all black of the maid versus like the pajamas of the of the mom, and then sure. like the, just like the colors of the walls in the house. I thought that part was by far the biggest success. But it, again, I, I I don't want to keep saying it, but it was just uninteresting. And that's the problem with this one. You go from something that you're intrigued by even after it's over to something that you're trying to get into, and then you just it's unsuccessful by the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not not a fan of that one. Nope. So you move on to the third segment, Don't Fall. We've got a group of four friends. They're out. Apparently, they do this trip every, not this particular trip, but a trip of some sort every year. And this time, they're out in the desert. Um, I didn't mind this one. I didn't either. It 
Not my favorite, obviously. Yeah. There was some weird kind of hokey effects in a way. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? Kind of like a uh, late 90s Tales from the Crypt kind of thing. I was thinking of like yeah. Demon Knight. It yeah. kind of has that feel, almost even that aesthetic to it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't sort of call out my uh, bat, like befuddlement at the, <laughs> like how overexposed the first shot of the film is. Yeah. Like it, like the whites are blown out of oblivion. Like how does that <laughs> sneak past like in production? How, how, do, how do you not redo that? Uh, anyway, uh, the, the, the idea of the film itself being on this trip, being on this yeah. land that they went to at last moment switch. They don't really know what's on this land. They find these, uh, markings on the walls that could be from any sort of caveman or other civilization. Who knows? It could be fucking aliens. Who knows? Uh, and then one thing leads to another, and you've got a, a very... I didn't, I didn't expect this movie or this short to go the direction that it went. So I was, I was, I was pleased by that. Yeah, slight spoiler alert, but not really spoiler alert. The, the title kind of leads you one way. And then it pulls a fast one on you. So your brain yeah. the whole time is thinking something, something, something. And that's not that's something you get. Not that that's a bad thing. I love, just real quick, let me squeeze it yeah. in. I love how the title card comes in on this short. Oh, me too. That was really good. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is going on? You know, because it kind of narrows into this yeah. triangle. And I was like, what? And then all of a sudden, oh, that's a title card? That's fucking sweet. Yeah, at first I was like, these big red arches. Like, are we in St. <laughs> Louis with like right. red arches? Like, what is going on here? Uh, but it's such a gradual thing that when it de- when the title card does it, it's really cool. So those are those sort of aesthetic choices that really as a filmmaker you can put your thumbprint on yes. uh, and really like make it your own and uh, while there was some kind of weird effects choices one spot in particular in this oh, one yeah. uh, in the latter half of it I-, I thought we had some pretty decent effects it was it was all weird to me and I know you're right the last half does have some okay effects but once again this is one of those weird territories where like you've made the aesthetic a certain way mm-hmm. that these kind of off special effects work within the aesthetic you've yep. created. Yeah. Um, so whether or not that's intentional or just pure beautiful coincidence, I don't know, but uh, either way, kudos. And did you happen to notice that uh, one of our ladies was the lady from trash fire? No, I didn't. Yeah, dark haired girl. Hindsight. Yes, there it is. Yeah. Very cool. So you've got some, you know, some, some people, some acting chops in this, in this little short. Yeah. I mean, uh, to be quite honest with you, this is another one uh, aside from the, the first one that I could see a feature film being like, I, I could see this yeah. a little more backstory before they get to the mountain, a little bit more of them hanging out on the mountain and a lot more on the ending and boom, you got yourself a feature film. This would be one of the easiest. This is actually may be the easiest to stretch out into a feature for sure to be honest i think it is without a doubt yeah yeah um and then let's hit last but not least her only living son and this was the the big one i guess that everyone was kind of waiting on because it's karen kuzma right? absolutely uh, from the from the invitation mm-hmm. uh so this one her only living son that's what it's called right correct so her only living son uh the everything is in the title on this one. <laughs> yes and this is um Man, this had Karen's stamp all over. Like, this is her fingerprints were all over this. And you could feel it felt somewhere in that kind of way that she created dread in the invitation. Yeah. You're getting that exact same feeling and that feeling of something bigger than what you're getting. Yeah. Uh, or what you're so, seeing on screen. Yeah, there's something happening. else going on. Yes. This dread. She's good. She's really good at dread. Yeah. 
Uh, I agree. I will say that it underdelivered for me personally. Uh, oh yeah, and maybe that's just because I love the invitation so fucking much, and I, that's probably unfair to like want to replicate that because a lot of that success, frankly, goes to the writing team of the invitation. <laughs> sure, uh, but I mean, she she's a fucking fantastic director. Yeah. So, uh, and that is evident in this one as well. It just underperformed. Uh, I was very intrigued through a lot of it, right? But I feel like when this one falls apart is at the very end uh it just felt sloppy yeah. at the end yeah and i also have some unfair criticisms as well because it did almost feel a little too much in that same wheelhouse of the invitation i felt too much of this like overwhelming conspiracy is going on mm. and it's just i think it's because i wanted to see what else she was going to do I, I thought maybe we might get something completely different from her especially since it was a short it's a good way to experiment and play yeah it, that said beautiful looking film there are some moments of uh implied violence like especially against animals which made me a little uncomfortable and even against people yeah. uh but at the end of the day i don't know it didn't it didn't hit me quite the way i was expecting well i don't really hold it against her for being sort of uh tonally similar to the invitation sure because this is a woman that did uh the Aeon flux movie she did jennifer's body which was bubbly and fucking weird uh the invitation was really one of the only times that she's gotten super moody and atmospheric right. so frankly for me i was glad to see it re- return to that as opposed <laughs> to like a more of a jennifer's body type thing like the last thing I, I didn't hate Jennifer's body though. I kind of did. Right, the, well. the, the last thing I wanted was like the St. Patty's short from holidays. Like, well, just, no one wants that. <laughs> no one. Uh, so I was glad that we had this. Now it's very like Rosemary's baby esque. It's more like Rosemary's sure. teenager sort of deal. <laughs> uh, Young adult. Yeah. Which I thought the mom played. I mean, she, she, her, her, her she was acting very well. The sure. song wasn't bad. There was some weird, semi-gross shit going on. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was into the story. I just really wish it could have resolved uh, better than it did. Well, I, I didn't like how it ended. And that's fair. That's fair. Hey, you're kind of led to believe there's going to be a little something more than yeah. what you get. Yeah. Or, or it just didn't have quite the punch. I will say, though, out of the... the Let's throw the box away because that is definitely our opener, right? Yeah. Uh, out of the other three, this is the right one to bookend with. Because it's stronger than the other two. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm not. I'd say it's the right one to bookend with, but I wouldn't go as far to call it my second like favorite. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I I'd be torn. I would I would definitely say the box easy number one. Yeah. I, I like the tone of this one, mm-hmm. but I'd say like as far as the overall package, I'd probably would have to go with Don't Fall. Yeah, and that's weird because it is from from a total package. I mean, not, not, I'm sorry, but from like a uh, uh, a cinema standpoint. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Her only living son is way better. Absolutely. Uh, I just didn't. I didn't get the same uh, enjoyment out of it. Yeah, you just feel like you're seeing. You know, the direct the direction on this that film or the the short Her Only Living Son is is far superior. Yeah, it's just you know you're watching an expert go. Yeah, but yeah, it's just like it doesn't. I don't know. That's those strange things about cinema sometimes is you really have to have everything in place, uh, or at least the things working together. Yeah, to make it happen. So all all together, I uh, I I not that we're going to give it a score here, but if we were, I would uh, I'd mark against not having a wraparound in sure. some way. I think that it just seems lazy. Uh, this doesn't this doesn't feel like a movie. 
Uh, mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. feels like four short films that were put together because they're all directed by women. Like the Masters of Horror collection kind of thing or something. Yeah, I guess, but Maybe. not even that sort of thematic, you know, same <laughs> sure. thing. Like, there's no theme in any way, shape, or form other than the fact that they're women. And for a lot of people, that's enough. And yeah. I understand for a lot of people, that's very important. Very cool. Uh, just for me, I would have liked to have seen something more, even if it doesn't have to be necessarily as hokey as like, hey, everyone pick a holiday type thing. <laughs> sure. uh, but just something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel you. Um, I, I didn't hate my time with it. I didn't feel like I wasted my time. I think a lot of that, too, has to deal with the the bookends, once again, being strong enough that, uh, you know, because it did drag just a hair, especially with the birthday party. I didn't hate it, but also didn't just, like, outwardly love it either. It was just kind of like a, eh, okay, that was fine. Yeah, I, I guess I'm in the same boat. I, I, don't, I don't find it uh, required of viewing by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I have a feeling, at least I hope, that better anthologies will be released this year. Sure. Uh, I, for me, it would be a pass. Uh, I, I think the first segment is cool. Uh, but I don't, I'm not sure we get that level of uh, completion throughout any of the rest of them. Yeah, and part of me wonders, because I'm looking at IMDb here as well, and the the only description for it right now is four short horror films that are directed and written by women. And part of me thinks maybe a disservice has been done to these ladies that, that are you know good, talented directors yeah. by people who simply saw them as a marketing tactic and nothing more, and hence we don't get some kind of cohesive wraparound and all these yeah. other things. And you're yeah. just like, hey, make us a short real quick and we're going to do some shit with it. Don't worry. It's cool. Yeah, it'll like, be great. We're going to put you with other women and people are going to love it. Yeah. So that's suspicious to me. And if so, I feel really bad for them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it should be like a pity party or anything. No, like I'm not I mean, like, let's go watch it because it's a pity party. But I'm just like, you know, fuck you, marketing team. In a lot of ways. I mean, I, I I bet these women were all very pumped to work together, which I understand. I would be pumped to work with a whole bunch of my well, peers hell yeah. And well, that's stuff. the thing with anthologies too, though. You get to work with other talented people and maybe make some relationships and move forward and do better projects. Yeah, even on that level, I'm not sh- so sure that these people are actually working together per se. I think it was very much their their own individual productions. But either way, man, like I do think that it was a disservice just to do nothing but promote the fact that they're all women. Uh, so see, you're agreeing with me. No, yeah, I, yeah of course <laughs> okay. I am. I, I don't think that maybe it was like a like a, a shake your fist marketing team problem. I think I think it was a group effort here to do what they <laughs> did, and I understand it because it was very successful. Uh, I see people talking about this. A lot of people are watching this movie because it's a lot of people uh, because it's about where it's done by nothing but female directors uh, websites like the verge and polygon and all of these uh, outlets that rarely cover the horror genre sure. or doing pieces on this movie just because uh, you know, it's, it's for women. Right. So I get it. It's a successful marketing term. Uh, I just don't think, I think we should have had something more to it. I think it should have been you know, some sort of cohesive piece is missing. Yeah. And I also, to go back and hit that more, I think you're right where it's just, they did their own thing. They handed it off, and that maybe wasn't the best way to go about it from a movie making standpoint. Yeah. Uh, oh well. Uh, so you're you're saying pass? I say no. Say so strong pass, huh? Uh, sure. If I if I have to say strong pass versus weak pass, <laughs> no, I was just saying you were like, say you were, strong pass. Yeah, <laughs> you were coming out hard on it. I, 
Yeah, I would wait. I wouldn't rent this one. I would wait. I, I, this is going to be a Netflix thing at some point. Uh, it 100% will be because it's a magnet release. Yeah. Uh, they have a deal with Netflix. It will be on Netflix within two months. And then at that point, I don't think you'll feel like you wasted your time. You may not be blown away, but I don't think you'll feel like you wasted time. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I've seen thousands of worse movies. You know, oh, I, yeah. I, hundreds I, and I, thousands. I, yeah, I have. I just, um, I don't know. I was let down. I, was, I guess that's the biggest thing is I was let down. I was expecting more than what I got. Sure, sure. Well, hey, maybe we'll see a full length Don't Fall. I want to see full length movies from all of these women. Okay, yeah. Like, I well, really oh, yeah, well, yeah, from the women. I was just thinking of the, the movies themselves, the oh, shorts themselves. Yeah, well, fuck, yeah, fuck the birthday party. But. <laughs> <laughs> fuck the birthday party. She can still make movies, though. Yeah, We're for sure, interested. for sure. I, I still want to see movies from all of these people because uh, we, we need that. We, need, we do need strong females in horror uh, if behind the lens as opposed to just in front of it. So that's important. You know uh, what? This just wasn't it. You know what I find interesting? It, just kind of going off on a side tangent here. Yeah. Is that the women are always going to dark places like i feel like they go to darker places than men are willing to go it always interests me yeah that is interesting i've noticed that on a couple things strange violence against children and the animal stuff and like i'm like man you women you will go to some fucked up places what's really going on in those heads (laughs) they they scare me man (laughs) crazy all right I, i think that's all we have to say about this one right yeah absolutely all right so let's go ahead and uh Talk to Mr. Chad Archibald, uh, one of the minds, one of the many minds, but maybe one of the more important minds uh, behind Black Fawn Films, one of the masterminds, I should say. I don't want to demean anyone else, but one of the masterminds, founding members of Black Fawn Films. He's got so much shit going on. We're going to talk to Chad as soon as we get back after this right now. So thanks, man, for uh, taking a little bit of time to, to chat with us. I've been wanting to get you on the show for a long time, to be honest. Uh, but you're a very busy man. You got a lot of things going on, right? Yeah, no worries, man. I, uh, you guys have always been awesome to us. I uh, definitely wanted to make it on here. It just uh, it's always a challenge, right? Yeah, well, for sure. So uh, Black Fawn Films, man. I mean, you guys have kind of become this. I mean, there's a lot going on in Canadian indie horror right now. But you guys have kind of become like one of the flagship production companies for that part of the world. So how does that feel or does it feel that way at all? It's so funny. Cause we just, uh, we love making movies and we're always, uh, so focused on the goal that it's, it's weird to sometimes, you know, leave our little, our little pool that we have here and, uh, go to the outside world and know that anyone even, you know, knows about us. So it's, uh, it's always good to hear. So what is, what is it that you like most about making like small scale independent horror movies? And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you would like to be not so small scale at, at one point, but right now, like what is it that keeps you wanting to do project after project after project with such a, a pretty quick turnaround, to be honest? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, uh, we went for years making kind of indie horror films and, uh, you know, some action films and whatnot. And we, uh, we're every time we did one, it took so long in between. We kind of, you know, had to find new funding for it, had to find new ways to kind of get it made on a budget. And, uh, and of course, you know, it takes so long to create content that, you know, you're passionate enough about to, um, you know, commit the next year and a half of your life to. So, um, so it was always a challenge doing that stuff. And then, uh, once we kind of sat with, with breakthrough entertainment and kind of, uh, started chatting about what they had seen from uh, our past films and, and discussing doing a slate of films with them. It, uh, 
it was kind of it was exciting. I mean, you know, it's hard to commit to doing eight films with one company all at the same budget because you know, in a in a perfect world, you kind of your budgets increase every time you do in a movie. But um, the idea of doing eight films, even if they were small budget and they're all horror movies, and doing them all in two years is I don't know. It's exciting. Like I, uh, I love the thrill of, of diving into something like that. It's just like, you know, the next two years of your life is going to be doing what you love and doing it with uh, a lot of, you know, my best friends and getting to just continue making movies and not actually having to, uh, to do all the crappy parts of, you know, finding funding for each one and, you know, the, the long periods of time in between. So, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was, a challenge for sure. And it was definitely something that we kind of sat down and debated for a long time. But, uh, I mean, the last few years have just been a roller coaster and it's been amazing. I get to do it, get to make these movies every day. So it's, uh, it's great. I mean, and now finally we're, we're kind of finished eight films with breakthrough and we're moving on to the next one, which is, uh, a step up in budget. So, I mean, we're, uh, we're pretty excited to kind of finally take this, this leap. So the next one that uh, you're talking about that it was the step up in budget, is that uh, Heretics or the one that's coming after that? It's the one that's coming after that. So the Her- Heretics we just finished, and uh, it just played in Berlin at the, the EFM market there. So it was just an industry screening. It was the first time anyone had kind of actually seen it on the planet. So <laughs> it, was, uh, it was exciting, but I mean, it's, you know, we're waiting, gearing up for a world premiere of it. So it's... Uh, it's a pretty intense, pretty crazy movie, and it's the last one that we <clears throat> kind of were doing at that budget range. So the next one coming up, we just actually announced the title recently. Um, it's called I'll Take Your Dead, and that is going to be shooting in the spring. We're just casting for it right now. So whenever, I mean, you guys have had, you know, and when I say you guys, I mean just the collective Black Fawn films. I mean, in just the last little bit, I mean, you've got Letter Out, you've got Bed of the Dead, uh, you've got Bite that you did, the sublet, uh, and the, the antisocial sequel. Um, and, and it seems like there is sort of the uh, a swapping of roles in each one of these movies between who's writing it, who's directing it. And for you personally, I hope I'm not wrong when I say this, um, but I believe you directed Bite. You definitely are directing The Heretics, right? So how is it that you make, like, who's making those decisions or is it just this team effort that decides who does what? Well, I mean, I think content, for one, drives, um, drive, drives what we're doing. We're, uh, me and Cody are always always working on content. Um, Cody directed Any Social 1, Any Social 2, and Let Her Out. And to get these movies made, like, we have a deal with Breakthrough that we're going to do eight films with them. And... But it's not like we can just walk up and say, you know, I want to do a werewolf movie and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like we go through a vigorous process with their whole marketing team and their, um, you know, all our APs, everyone to kind of pitch these these concepts. And a lot of these movies, um, they're very it's 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 a huge challenge to write a film that's meant to be at this budget level with kind of taking in the limitations that you have with, you know, non-union cast and, and the challenges of the budget and whatnot. It's a, it's, it's hard to come up with unique ideas that are going to stand out and be bigger and better than our last film. But so, I mean, as we've been kind of creating content, you know, I'll finally get something greenlit and we'll kind of, we're working on the script for that and, 
pre-production producing that movie cody will be working on kind of getting something else greenlit and then by the time we're done you know a film that i'm working on cody generally jumps in he's got something greenlit and we kind of go back and forth i mean both of us work on on the creative of all these films um in different capacities for sure a lot of the concepts and treatments are you know we we go through them many 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 times before we even bring them to breakthrough so it's uh it's definitely been the biggest challenge for sure but i i do think like for example we did um heretics last and i'm directing uh i'll take your dead next just because it was something that was already greenlit and kind of already prepped and ready so it is um in a perfect world, yeah, it's great to kind of go back and forth yeah, uh, between directors because it does give everyone a little bit of a break as well because also, you know, while well, one person's in pre-production, the other person's in post finishing up the film. So, I mean, it keeps everyone busy and make sure, you know, if we're doing that many films in that many years, there's you have to kind of make sure you fit everyone's time in like a – they're like puzzle pieces, right? It's like you got to fit them all in so that it all works well and, you know, you don't have – one or two or three people just, you know, losing their minds all the time. So, and that's just, uh, uh, and also we had, uh, Jeff Mahar direct bed of the dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was uh, a fun one for sure. And it was, it was exciting to kind of have someone else in the director's chair and me and Cody and Chris kind of all back on the producing end. So uh, it's, uh, it's fun and it kind of like, we all love producing movies too. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to have, you know, that whole team in the back end working so hard for, um, someone like Jeff Mahar, who's basically been the cinematographer for most of our films. Um, and then we also had a film called the sublet, which, uh, John Ainsley directed. Uh, and that was the first, it was the first film that we had done with breakthrough where we had someone else kind of come in and direct. And it's, uh, yeah, it's always just so interesting. We actually never get out to other people's sets. It's always like, we learn what we know from each other yeah, yeah, kind of. So it's kind of fun having, you know, someone from the outside world come in and, and kind of see how they do things and, you know, kind of pick up, pick up little tips and tricks, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you, we've mentioned heretics a couple of times now. So what can you tell us about that one? Since I think that's the next big film that you guys have coming out. Um, I remember there was some invites going out to certain people. We couldn't make it, but just like a set tour of the, of, of, of the heretic set. And I just remember people uh, just hearing online of, from folks that were able to go, that just how impressive some of the set pieces were uh, considering what, you know, the, the, the funds that you guys have to work with. So uh, a, like, what can you tell us about heretics and B like how much work went into the creating that world? Yeah, The Heretics is basically about a girl who gets kidnapped by uh, a man, this kind of mysterious man with this burnt face. And uh, she gets knocked out and kind of brought and chained up into this this cabin. And he, you know, is trying to convince her that he's he's protecting her, that there's this, you know, mad cult that's after her. And, you know, they want to finish this ritual before before sunrise, um, you know, to bring bring something into this world or whatnot. Uh so it's kind of the the journey of her trying to figure out if this guy's telling the truth or not as well, you know, her girlfriend back in the real world trying to figure out what actually happened to her. Um, now, as this guy is, you know, got her chained up, he's kind of like one of the people from the cult uh, who's kind of defected. Um, and he doesn't really believe anything that they're saying, but he knows that this girl's in danger. Uh, until he starts realizing that she is, in fact, changing into something. So... 
that's uh, that's kind of where it gets ominous. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so I mean, we knew that uh, a lot of it was going to take place in this kind of cabin. And it's always a challenge when you're writing a story and kind of trying to visualize what it looks like in your head. Because often it's when you have the layout of a building, like a house or a cabin or anything like that, it's laid out in this way that like nothing's actually like nothing makes sense. You know, like yeah. the first time you sit down to actually draw out the house that you've been like writing a script for, it's like it, the layout completely doesn't make sense. Like nobody has houses like that. <laughs> like, so it, it's uh, it's always a challenge kind of fitting it into the real world, how things are actually laid out. Or, you know, in this case, it was, uh, we just made the decision that we were going to build this cabin and we were going to actually go out and film it in the middle of nowhere. We, you know, we took, you know, our vehicles back way back out into the bush and, uh, and found a, a spot that looked great and, uh, cut down a couple trees and started <laughs> building, uh, started building this cabin. And I mean, I love building sets and, and our production designer, Vince Moskowick, he's, uh, amazing amazing production designer and he's crazy and and i've done so many sets with him now and it's always fun we built the set for the drownsman and bite and the sublet and um you know it's it's always so intense and so nuts and and we're always trying to do things bigger and better and more impressive um so with this one because our budget was so small um and we had you know we had a lot of stuff in this one that we never had in previous films just more locations and a little bit more cast and whatnot so we really didn't have the money to build the set um just material wise so what we did was we actually went out and on an old farm years ago when we did the drownsman there was actually like a skid of two by fours that have been you know left out in the through like two or three winters at this point and they're all like warped and just destroyed and and look like crap so we went out there and we offered the guy um a very very low amount of money uh <laughs> to kind of take this off his property he was trying to sell them so i mean yeah by now he was just like sure absolutely <laughs> yeah, yeah and yeah. he's um and he's a huge supporter as well but we end up taking all this dirty old wood, which just looks perfect when you actually turn it into a log cabin. But it was still just the framework of it. Um, we didn't know how we were going to actually basically do all the sides. Usually we have drywall and stuff that's pretty cheap. But I mean, something like this, it's like, you know, barn boards, expensive, like all the, those things cost so much money. So um, Vince had the idea that, you know, skids are free because, you know, construction sites and everything. They always try to, you know, building supply places they are always they have to pay for them somebody to come get rid of yeah. them because they have so many. So we, uh, we started just doing, you know, every day we'd go and get like two or three truckloads of these skids and put them in Vince's backyard. And he, he'd just sit there, him and Jamie, uh, Kip, who, uh, he was kind of a head, head, uh, carpenter on the shoot. They just sit there with sawzalls and just cut the skid one for like eight hours a day. Uh, which I don't know how they did. I did a couple, a couple days with them and it, you know, I thought my arms were going to fall off, but, uh, so yeah, eventually, you know, a, a couple of weeks of, uh, of working on that and we had all the wood that we needed and it actually is like, you know, it's a perfect kind of look for this old cabin. It's like all weathered old skid wood. Uh, and it got so exciting. Like as you know, we could only build so much every day that we went out there cause we only had so much skid wood, but it got so exciting kind of seeing this whole cabin come together. And, uh, even on the property, like we, we pitched the idea to the people who own the property and we said, you know, if we if you let us kind of come and film on this property and we'll, we'll build this cabin and you guys can just keep it. <laughs> at the end. 
<laughs> and it's fully functional. I mean, there's a wood stove in it. There's, uh, you know, there was many days where we actually stayed out there while we were building. We just, you know, threw a couple logs in the fire and, uh, and it, it's like a legit log cabin or wooden cabin. That's incredible. Yeah. So that's why we wanted to kind of do a set visit for everyone. It's kind of, it, it was fun to kind of bring everyone out of, you know, the cities and whatnot and kind of bring them way, way out in the country. And then they travel back through the, through these fields and then through the bush and, you know, eventually come out on, on our set, which was like a little, a little village just in the middle of, of a, a forest. Um, so they got to come out there and kind of see all the stuff that Vince was working on. I think each one of them got a, a custom cult mask that Vince had made nice. and, uh, and yeah, we got to all hang out there and, uh, and they got to kind of see what was going on. So it was fun. It was fun to see people from the outside world come in. It's awesome. I love these peeps behind the curtain. And uh, you've done almost every job imaginable behind the curtain, Chad. And I think uh, it would be interesting for the audience to hear because you've done the most as far as producer. What, could, explain to us what exactly the producer does. Uh, well, I mean, we started, produ- or I started producing films like most, like, like Cody as well. Um, just because we wanted to make movies and, you know, to do them, you kind of had to, we couldn't never had any money to hire a good producer. So we just kind of figured out how to do it on our own. Sure. <laughs> um, but I mean, producers are generally the people who, who run the business side of the whole shoot. You know, they organize, um, everything from the paperwork to, you know, getting supplies out. Um, to set, to, you know, hiring the crew, hiring everyone, uh, and keeping the whole kind of budget in check. Um, you know, luckily we work with, uh, Christopher Drew, who's, who's kind of been a steady producer on all the films, uh, that we've done with breakthrough. And, uh, and he's, you know, he's always, you know, amazing to kind of have in our corner, always, busting ass and kind of getting everything done he's uh and i mean after we've done so many of these films in a row it is kind of like you know the paperwork and the budgets and everything they're kind of like clockwork we we got really good at that but it's uh it's uh the challenge of kind of the initial little like lead up to the film where you're trying to figure out how we're going to you know make this happen with 10 bucks so <laughs> yeah i think the misconception sometimes is the producer's always the rich guy just writing the check and they they, they forget there's a lot of work behind that oh yeah like you have your ex- uh, executive producers who a lot of times you know they're people from the studios or from you know financiers or you know somebody with a big fat checkbook um and or somebody donating something to the the production um the producers are the business people for sure they're the ones who who go in there and kind of you know, well, especially on indie films. I mean, on indie films, it's like, you know, the producers, we did, we did everything on these shoots. We, we were aware that, um, no one was really getting paid that well. And everyone was there for the passion of it and for the love of filmmaking. And I mean, I think that's why so many people come back to our shoots time after time. Um, because I mean, we we're right in there with them. Like we never, we never say cool. So, uh, yeah, we need the set built on this day and, uh, you know, we'll come back and see how you guys are doing. It's like, we're building the sets every day. You know, it's like, we're the ones who, you know, make breakfast for people in the morning, you know, like we're, we're there with everyone. If anybody's, you know, suffering through this, we're, uh, we're suffering right beside them. Yeah. It's not too often you get a producer that's out there sawing, uh, old tough weathered boards. Oh yeah. We've, I, <laughs> The stories that we have, the things that we've done to make these movies is, oh my God, it's, uh, sometimes we, we, we just get together 
have a couple beers and just tell stories <laughs> of all the insane insanity that we've been through. <laughs> so whenever you say that you guys have repartnered with Breakthrough uh, or renewed the the relationship there, does that mean that you guys have another eight films in two years? No, it's uh, it's kind of an open ended deal with them right now. Uh, we worked so so good together um, over the past couple of films that we just decided to instead of saying you know, you know, after eight films we're done. Uh, we just said, you know, let's continue to work together. Let's uh, let's get some bigger budgets going. Let's um, kind of work closer together in our companies. So we've, you know, we're working um, on development with, you know, bringing some other filmmakers in, um, you know, some other productions in, kind of finding more content, um, working on everything from, you know, supporting the sales teams to, um, you know, developing some unique stuff, possibly even TV shows coming up. Um, just kind of ingraining ourselves more with breakthrough and, uh, and, and them kind of opening their doors for us more too. So it's kind of hard to actually put a label on exactly what it is. Um, but we've just been, we've been working this way for a while with them. And, uh, and we, we just all decided that, you know, we'd, we'd all shake hands and say, let's, let's do some great stuff together instead of actually putting a number on it. Yeah. I mean, that's, Keep it simple, right? Like uh, relationship goals. Uh, so whenever it comes to distribution, uh, the two newest films, Bed of the Dead and Let Her Out, uh, I, I, we've, we've both seen them both. We're both big fans of both. Uh, but for those in the U.S., they can't watch them yet. So what's going on there? Yeah. So we uh, that's one of the challenges, too. I mean, we were, we were creating so much content um, that – you know, it kind of backlogs a little bit. We had uh, a deal with Super Channel, and we had uh, basically pre-sold almost all of our films um, nice. <laughs> to them, just based on some of the the stuff that we had done in the past. I mean, we have a long history with with um, with that broadcaster as well. A lot of our past films have always done really, really well for them, and uh, and they're they've always been great supporting us. So um, we also, you know, they have their windows of you know when they're going to start broadcasting the movies and then you know the windows of when we can actually put them out on dvd and you know we're trying to kind of still respect some windows in the world even though in distribution everyone's saying they're collapsing but it's uh it's all a lot of stuff's going to get announced um very soon in the next couple in the next couple weeks or months as far as what all these films are doing um, the other thing is, you know, it, it's important in today's world that films come out at the same time in numerous territories just because, you know, illegal downloading and um, and whatnot. You know, as soon as a movie's out anywhere, it's it goes online and everybody, you know, watches it illegally. Whereas, like, you know, if it all comes out at the same time, if you want to watch it bad enough, you'll go out and actually buy it or pay, pay for it on iTunes or whatever. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that, man, because that is a, that is a, uh, a, a fact, you know, it's not an opinion, it's a fact that Jacob and I, we, yes. we bang the drum for all the time, uh, just from friends of ours that have movies, you know, in the pipeline that go and they roll out in the UK first versus the US. I mean, that's just a, a very bad idea at this day and age. So I'm really happy to hear that you guys are aware of that and uh, making business decisions around that. Absolutely. Like, I mean, our, we have... We have a obviously with Black Fund Distribution have kind of our own history and distribution, and uh, we've we've dealt with a lot of the sales from some of our previous films even before Breakthrough, 
and now working with Breakthrough, they have their sales team as well. So, I mean, it's uh, it's always interesting kind of uh, working with them and kind of creating the best strategies that we can with kind of this insanely ever-changing world of distribution in, uh, in film right now. But yeah, so I mean, it's a, like, I mean, we have stuff lined up here in Canada and we're just locking our deals with, uh, with our U.S. companies um, for all these films. And then I think this, uh, this year there's going to be a lot of, a lot of black font films come out in, in North America. Very cool. Uh, one thing that I do like that I want to give a shout out for that you guys have done in the past. Uh, I know, I, th- I think the most recent was with Byte, uh, where you guys do those blacklist uh, package deals. Well, you'll get like a Blu-ray and then like, I think I got some like eggs from the movie and like yes. a poster and like, like uh, that's something else that Jacob and I say, like in this day and age of VOD, uh, if you want people to buy your product, like give them a reason to buy the product, you know, you know, throw some cool shit in there, some cool special effects, some nice little, you know, merch. And if you charge, you know, 45, 50 bucks, whatever, I mean, make it worth it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we kind of always looked at it. We are you know, DVD, Blu-ray collectors ourselves. And we always looked at it like, you know, as people stop buying DVDs, you know, there was still the people who were like, no, I still like to buy the DVDs for the special features. Right. And then it kind of like, as it goes, it's like, even those people stop buying physical content. So, I mean, we want to make sure that, you know, when we're putting something out, we, we have an option for, for the collectors like us. That's like, you know, I, I not only want the, the DVD or Blu-ray, it's like, we want like, we want the bug eggs. We want the barbecue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we want all that stuff. So, I mean, we try to always come up with, um, innovative ideas to give, a unique kind of experience with, with the blacklist and, you know, all the special things that we kind of release through black Fund distribution. It's, and it, I mean, it's fun for us too, because it's like, you know, if it's, if it's exciting for us to create it and design one of these blacklists, it's like, we know that people like us will enjoy it too. Right. Like we had on the, I think for Horsehead we, uh, we had these dog tags that were little USB keys and every, the, the first 100 people that bought the blacklist actually got a specific video. So, nice, you know, nice. you would put the USB key in and it would be like me and Benner and Phil and Chris G and we'd all be sitting in a room going, Hey Luke, how's it going, man? <laughs> Thanks so much for buying the blacklist and blah, blah. And we'd talk about the movie a little bit and, you know, just, just give a personal thanks for supporting. And, uh, you know, I think that stuff's important and it's, you know, it, it takes us, some time to put it together but i mean you know it's just it's just us sitting in a garage with a couple beers chatting um and cutting a cutting together a couple little videos and stuff so i mean it's not like it's not like it's that insanely hard i mean if you know if we sold twenty thousand blacklists i'm sure it would uh be a little bit different but (laughs) but i mean it's fun to kind of put those out and actually see them and then you know a lot of people put them up on youtube and and it's good to uh you know it's we have a ton of a ton of fans now uh, around the world that, that we've distributed to that, um, you know, really, really respect that and, and come back and they want to, you know, keep tabs on what we're releasing and keep getting stuff. And I mean, we, we love that too. We always, we send extra stuff all the time just to, as thank yous to everyone. I'm not sure you guys will be able to consider yourself a small distributor much longer. I, I think you're wearing that title thin. I think soon you're going to have to uh, just be the major distributor of films. Is that the kind of thing you still want to do, though, even when you're uh, competing with the Blumhouses of the world is still have that uh, niche fan interaction with these uh, clever little ways to uh, reward the fans? Well, I mean, I think that's what's awesome about it is like as as we get bigger with stuff, um, I think it's important to, to keep that relationship with people because if anything, it just makes them appreciate it more. 
and um, you know, it's, it's, it's fun for us to do. And that's definitely, I mean, we've, we've built ourselves slowly over the years with um, a respect to our viewers. And that's something that, that we're so used to doing and, and we put so much value on that. I mean, I can't see us ever changing that obviously as, as sales go up and it, it does get harder and harder, but you know, we're still, you know, we, we do conventions all over Canada and every time, you know, if anybody wants to come to our booth, it's always going to be me, Benner, Chris G or, or Gabe Carell, Gabriel Carrer. Like we're always, um, we're always there. We're never hiring, you know, a bunch of kids to like do the booth while we sit at home. It's like, you know, we want to interact with people. We want to see faces. We want to, you know, sign DVDs and we want to, we want to talk and tell stories and make sure that when they go home and they watch a DVD, they're, you know, they know the people who actually made that, you know, or they know the people who put it out or, you know, they know that the people who they bought it from were passionate film lovers like themselves. Is the end game for Black Fawn ever going to be like theatrical release? Are we going to hang in this this vibe of just like these crazy films that you guys are known for with the horse head, uh, the bite, you know, letter out? Is that is that going to be solely where you're going to be, or are we going to move to theatrical at some point? Who needs theatrical? I don't think they do, but I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny because we always kind of think our theatrical is our uh, you know our festival runs. Uh, we have great relationships around the world with festivals too. And it's, uh, we love traveling to them and doing our thing. I mean, Bite had a little theatrical release in the U S through Scream Factory, um, which was good. I think, you know, their letter out and better the dead is having some theatricals in other territories around the world. And, you know, we're possibly, I don't know, uh, you know, ideally something in the U S as well. Uh, we're just kind of figuring out the plans with that. Um, but I mean, you know, it's great to do, it's great to have a theatrical. It's just really hard, especially for indie films. That's, uh, it's something that we're kind of aspiring to with the next movie. I'll take your dead, um, because it will be, you know, a little bit more cast driven than our previous films. A lot of the movies that we do, um, you know, the, the leads in it are people that, you know, have never been in a feature film before. Um, like Elma Begovic from, from bite. This was, uh, that was her first feature film. So, you know, Although, you know, we love her and we think that she did an absolutely killer performance and she's, she's a star to us. You know, a lot of people, you know, haven't heard of her name before. So it's very hard to kind of get people in seats theatrically um, if you don't have something like that or something that's, you know, just gone viral in the world to kind of make people notice your, your little film, you know. Like everyone always talks about the paranormal activities and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I mean, you know they didn't have cast in them, but you know, something hit with them and you know, they definitely, the stars aligned and, and they created great films and got the right people behind it. And you know, you can release a, a indie film like that theatrically and make a ton of, get a ton of people in your seats. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, uh, there's no point in really fighting and struggling to get, you know, uh, an indie film, to go theatrical just cause it costs so much money, um, unless there's a reason for it. So, I mean, you know, once we do a film that, that we all feel and our distributors feel like it's something that, that we can put out in the world and, you know, they can make their money back and, you know, we can see good returns and good, good numbers in our seats. Then, 
we definitely do it. I mean, we love watching. We love having our movies out there in theaters. It's you know the best way to kind of watch them. Yeah. Well, for the record, uh, I think Jacob and I, uh, everyone on the team, really, I, I think watching a movie in a film festival environment is way better than watching it on like a Sunday matinee anyway. Just because if you're oh, you're yeah. proud. Um, so just to kind of bring us home, like uh, the Heretics, is that going to be? I know it's at EFM. Uh, is that going to be in film festivals in North America this year? Uh, this year. Uh. I don't know. When's this actually, when are you going to actually release this? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll hear something soon. Okay. Oh, I like cool. that cryptic. Cool. Mm. The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't specify what we would hear. So we've got, we've got a lot of plans and a lot of things coming up uh, with the heretics and uh, we're super excited about them. Um, and the, yeah, they will be announced uh, in the next couple of weeks. Some of them. So awesome. Uh, it's coming. Cool, man. Uh, you guys keep up the great work. You keep up the great work. Uh, big fans of what the crew is doing over there. Big fans of you personally. And uh, thanks for stopping by, man. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, guys. Awesome. Take it easy. All right, everyone. So here's the deal. Basically... Uh, we, we just spent like 15 minutes with Alex Stinger, uh, the new video guy for the podcast, well, not the podcast, just from the website in yep. general. Uh, he was our special guest. We had a round of uh, the betting game. It was a lot of fun. And as we're going to mix the episode down, turns out we didn't get any of the audio. Just fucked us. As technology likes to do. But we're going to run that shit back. So here's the thing. In an unprecedented turn of events, <laughs> we have called Alex back. Alex, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing grand. <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to run the game back with the same category. So here's where it gets interesting. Oh, yeah. Now we've already had some answers told. So the, the number of films we should be betting should increase significantly, right? Uh, hypothetically, oh. that's what would happen. Now, in the past, we've been known to forget things that we immediately just heard, <laughs> so we could be stuck with the same answers, but uh, but we know kind of where we're going. So, Alex, since you're the guest, <laughs> this is a very important decision on your part. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Uh, you know, I'm going to let you go first again. Oh, he, he feels confident the way I ran first time. He's going to go with it again. Spoilers. <laughs> Alex lost the first time. <laughs> he only won by one, though. We had to go to a tiebreaker. That's so. true. It was a close um, one. It was a close one. All right, fuck it, man. Give well, it to let's me. Let's do it. All right, we're doing the betting game for anybody who's unaware of what we're doing. All right, <laughs> Luke, the first category is horror movies with Patrick Wilson. We will include sequels. Sequels are a go. Sequels are a go. Four. <laughs> Alex. I think that's what we got the first time, so I'm feeling like I can at least get five. Oh, I like it. Huh. All right, Luke, can you do six? Nope. <laughs> All right, Alex, showtime, sir. You got to get five. All right, you did say sequels are on the table. Sequels are on the table. All right, so we got Conjuring 1 and 2. Boom. We got Insidious 1 and 2. Boom. Um, we got Hard Candy. Oh, what the deep fuck? cut, deep cut. That's oh, five. and Bone Tomahawk. Oh, six for the bonus. Face. I just got face. <laughs> All right. One point out. Hard Alex. candy. That's a good one. I totally forgot about that one. That's a good Shit, one. Shit. Do we need to fact check that? Is that no, no. Ellen Page. That's definitely, I would well, call that's it That's not horror. Patrick Wilson. 
Yeah, yo, sure it is. Is he the guy? Yeah, he's the well, guy. Well, you said Ellen Page, so... No, okay, no I'm just Ellen saying Page. Ellen Page is in that. Good movie. Like, that's not the fucking question. <laughs> hey, hey, don't be salty at me because he just took you to town. <laughs> okay, I got work. <laughs> you got a little work. All right, Alex, back to you, sir, for some more working movies based on Stephen King novels. PH. Oh, buddy. Oh, man. This is the one where you came up with uh, Stand By Me, which is indeed not a horror movie. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't about to let that one get cut out. Oh, all right. So I'm going to at least get four. Okay. I got five. Uh, Have fun with five. (laughs) Okay. Not not so cocky now, aren't we, motherfucker? (laughs) All right. So uh, Misery. Okay, yes. The Shining. Yep. How many did I say? You said five. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Misery. Yep, you already said that one. The Shining. Still said it. Cujo. There you go. We're stuck uh, at three. No, we're not. Okay. Carrie. Okay, there it is. I need one more. Yep. I feel like I said this one that I'm missing. Out. And it. There it is. Ding, 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 ding. We're tied up. One, one. We're right back to where we were last time. Absolutely. fucking lootly. All right, Luke. Yeah, yeah. My it's ball. back to you. My ball. All right. Movies with disabled characters, not characters that just got fucked up, but they're actually disabled characters. That's fucked up because, yeah, they're they're not fucked up. They're disabled. Well, they got fucked up. How many? <laughs> <laughs> Luke, the first time tried to give me a bunch of motherfuckers that have cast on and shit, and called them disabled. That's disabled. If they go to Walmart, they have to get in the scooter. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! The question isn't who uses the Walmart scooter; it's disabled <laughs> characters. <laughs> It's not who gets a fucking pension from the government. Come on now. Uh, goddamn. Uh, four, four, four. There it is. All right. Oh, disabled. Um, man, I don't know if I'm coming up with five. I'll uh, I'll let you do four. All right, there it is. I gave you some good ones. James Con in misery. <laughs> okay, we'll let that one slide. The girl from Insidious Part Three. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this one. It's the same situation. Her fucking leg gets wrecked. But we don't know if she's disabled for the rest of the time. I'm going to let it slide. I'm going to let it slide. How many did I say? (laughs) You said four? Yeah. Okay. So you're on two now. Okay. Um, And, and. (laughs) Please hit me with The blind man from Don't Breathe. (laughs) You're welcome. And the blind man from Late Phases. (laughs) There it is. You're welcome. (laughs) Oh, too bad y'all missed the fact I helped him out with the last two the first time around. Oh, I know. All right, so that is uh, two points, Luke. That's right. Um, That's right. You're playing. You're you're, you're using bad strategy, Alex. Bad <laughs> one strategy. Point, Alex. Uh, this one goes back to Alex, though, right? It does, but he's gonna choke. All right, <laughs> All right Alex. Movies with a color in the title. Oh, you know what? He gave away a bunch of good ones. I don't even remember. Um, <laughs> go with four. There it is. I got five. Ooh. Ooh, uh, I don't have five. Mm, he never has five, does he? He doesn't. Five's is, four's his limit, man. He can't go past that. <laughs> All right. Blue Ruin. Boom. Green Room. Boom. Red Christmas. Oh, yeah. Black Christmas. Oh, yeah. Yellow Brick Road. Oh! <laughs> He's giving me the gangsta <laughs> Flexing over here. <laughs> Boom. Ding, 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 ding. All right. What's that? What's that? Was it put you three? It's three a slaughter, one? whatever it is. <laughs> it's a slaughter. All right. Alex, this is not looking good for you, sir. This one's to Luke. Most of the action in this movie takes place on a boat. Four. Mm. Ooh. And he's never got five. He doesn't. Yeah, I don't. Uh, this is the one I had problems with last time. <laughs> Are you going to let it slide at four? Can you step up your game? 
I would love to try, but I really don't know if I'm coming with five movies on a boat. I'm on a boat and it's going fast and, and I'm not going to try. Not even going to try. No, I, you know, I can't. I, I just won't come up with them. Well, your, your four strategies working. I was, I was hoping that because I okay. <laughs> and go. <laughs> um, ghost ship. Boom. Little movie called Donkey Punch. Do <laughs> you guys remember Donkey shit, Punch? This is the shit he did last time. <laughs> uh, ghost ship. Yep. Donkey Punch. Uh, Deep Blue Sea. Starting to get real sexual up in here. And Jaws. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, Luke, you are clearly going to be the victor. But for shits and giggles, we're going to hit this last question up anyways. Are you ready, Alex? Absolutely. Featuring Justin Long. Begin. Um, I think I named off all the ones I know last time. Well, I'm going four. Okay. Ooh, he put you on the five corner now. You named four? Don't don't give in to this. I think I only named three last time, but I, he's, I he's, think I can come up with You think you can come up with four? Uh-oh. How about you go ahead and come up with four? <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch your words. Drag me to hell. Okay. Uh, Tusk. Yep. yep. Um, shit, is he even in four horror Oh, yes. Yeah. There's at least one more I can think of. Oh, at least one more. I feel like I'm missing an easy one then. So you've got Jeepers and Creepers. Drag me to hell, Tusk, and uh, any other movie he's in. <laughs> um, shit, I feel like I'm missing an easy one. Two, one. For the record, I can't name uh, another one. Uh, I would think Ghost yeah, Jeepers Creepers too. I didn't think he was, but I would have said Jeepers Creepers too, and let it go to the judges. Uh, is he in a flashback of some sort? I think he is. He might be in a flashback. I, I did say feature though, so he doesn't really feature mm, in that. Yeah. I would have said Ghost Team, that comedy that he's in with Never that. Never Well, I'm sorry, it's available. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know silly fucking comedy. I'm, it's not a great movie. It's not a bad movie. So for what it's worth, final score is. Uh, you have five. Alex got one. Woo! All I'm saying is, uh, I, I, you know, I want to thank, I want to thank the listeners. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to call out a conspiracy here because it was a lot closer <laughs> the first time, and then Luke listens back and he's like, "We don't have any audio." Uh, so, well, you like, know, it's the damnedest thing. So I've weird. Lost, I've lost the audio. That whole everything else recorded fine, but this last clip, it's just weird. It's gone. Yeah, <laughs> we had to pull the Justin Long category out of our ass last time because it came down to the wire. No, that, that was no, that was the shark. That was category. the shark one. Oh, so no! No wonder you lost this round. You can't even remember the, the overtime question. He's fucking related to us, man. <laughs> All right, Alex. Thanks for being a good sport, man. Thank you for coming back, and uh, hopefully, we won't run this back a third time tonight. Uh, absolutely. All right, thanks, buddy. Have a good night. Yep. Take care, guys. All right, guys. So that was episode ninety-three of the Modern Horrors Podcast. Yeah. It would not have been the same without you. And Jacob, I am the reigning, defending, undisputed. Bullshit champion of the world or betting game champion, <laughs> betting game whatever betting this of the is. World. My God, he's got a family, Luke. <laughs> he's broken in half. <laughs> Somebody stop the match. Uh, so that's that's me. That's me. That that's me. About. I'm the one doing that. Yeah. 
thank you all so very much. All of the Patreon supporters, uh, we we hit our first goal. Yeah, uh, we're it's a, coming. We're a dollar over. We spent all fucking weekend uh, working on Fright Logic number three, which is going to be covering uh, Baskin. Uh, by far the most requested thing we've ever had. So we work, oh, yeah. we're working very very hard on it, and uh, maybe in a couple more weeks it's going to be done. Hopefully by early March, like the first week of March. Yeah, that's the, that's the goal. Yep. So. Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you to the podcast supporters, everyone mm. on Patreon. Thanks for Chad Archibald for stopping by. Absolutely. Rate and review. Rate and review. Rate, review, share, etc. Until next week, thank you. We love you. We are out of here.